are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Give me a hell yeah, brother. The Nationals are one of them. My name is Josh Neighbors. This is a Locked On Nationals podcast. And on this show, Max Raymond of District On Deck and I break down one of the sweetest things in the entire world, a W. An opening day W, courtesy of the best hitter in baseball, Juan Soto, knocking in a walk-off hit to put the Nats over the Braves 6-5. to five. We break it all down. Crack open one beer. Crack open two beers. Crack open three beers. I don't care however many. Crack them open nice and slow and enjoy this show as we celebrate, we toast, to a 1-0 and Nat start. Go 1-0 every day, friends. The Nationals went 1-0 today. All right, there's nothing better than an opening day victory, but an opening day victory via walk-off. And that's the Nationals had today. My name is Josh. Neighbors joining me today is the one of the contributors to District on Deck. It is Max Raymond. Max, I mean, you tell me you and your dad were going crazy during this game. I was working, so unfortunately, I wasn't. I wasn't able to catch like all the game as it was happening. But uh, I was able to put off work in the moment that that Juan Soto did the business. And look, they've been tweeting all offseason. The Nationals have best hitter in baseball, TM, which means trademark. He showed it today. Walk off for the Nats in, in a big moment. Dude, it's funny. So it was like the seventh for eighth inning. It was a three zero count, and um, Perez was hitting. And right, I was like, yeah, dad, like whatever Prez does, he better watch his first pitch down the middle. I don't care how juicy it is. He's like, yeah, the only one on the team I want swinging on 3-0 is uh, Soto. Well, lo and behold, ninth inning, 3-0 count. Soto gets the pitch, drives it down, the, just drives it up the middle, base hit, goes past the center fielder, Pache, game over. And then they interview him, Bob and FP. They're like, yo, Soto, 3-0 count. Were you hesitant to swing? And he goes, Oh, hell no. Like he mm-hmm. knew it. Everyone knew it. It was awesome, man. And 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 uh Dave Martinez says afterwards, dude, if he if he took that, I would have been pissed. Right. In that situation, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you take that pitch, yeah, he should be he should be pretty mad at him. Um, and that was his only hit of the day, but in classic Juan Soto fashion, on a day where he didn't hit a whole lot, the one hit he had was the walk-off. So it just kind of embodies what we've been talking about. And this has been a thing for a while now. Like this guy actually might be the best hitter in baseball. And um, it, it's, you know, I like other sports apply to this, right? Uh, I, I use the finals from a few years ago as a great example. LeBron James can't score in the end of the game. So what does he do? He goes and blocks a shot from Andre Iguodala on the other end. You know, when, when the grades don't have it going sometimes, Finding a way is what it's about. Juan Soto did not have it going all day long, but when it mattered the most, he found a way. And this kid, he's still a kid, younger than both you and I, continues to impress us night in and night out. It's just, it's hard to conceive of somebody being this young, this confident, and and this like battle tested. Dude, I mean, he just lives for the big moments. He's waiting for it. He wasn't phased at all. He said that earlier. You could see he was getting like a little frustrated here and there, hitting the ball straight at people, just missing on like I think it was his third or fourth at bat. He drove one the deep center, but like missed by like ten feet. Struck out 
on a nasty pitch in the dirt then the first inning. But, like, he didn't let it get to him. And then it comes down to it, ninth inning, just lived for the moment, just came through when it mattered. And as you said, dude, like, the Nats Twitter account tweeting about best hitter in baseball TM, he's showing why. I still think it's Trout, but, I mean, he's number two, undoubtedly. And, yeah, he's, what, 22 right now, and he's just going to get better. And the contract situation is going to keep coming up, and he's not going to let it bother him. He's just going to keep playing baseball and having fun. And Trout's Trout, right? I mean, if somebody said, look, it's still Trout until proved otherwise, sure. I mean, that's totally fine. But the fact this kid's making that – he's making that push. I mean, he's making that push every single day. And that's what's crazy about him. Let's talk about this game from the start to the finish. Let's talk about the start because I think this is something, and you and I actually talked about it several times, Max Scherzer with the home runs. It was a concern last year. Mm -hmm. It's a concern this year. And I know it's one game, but the fact that we talked about it last year, it's a concern this year. So two home runs he gives up in the first two innings. The first one I actually don't have a problem with, challenge fastball, high in the zone to Acuna. But, look, if you're going to challenge a guy who we know is that good, bring your best stuff. And 94 up up in the zone against a guy who is this young, this good, this fast, this twitch, you're going to have some problems. The second one, curveball, too much plate for a guy like Freddie Freeman. What were your thoughts on those two home runs? All right, well, first – his home run problem has been going on since he signed with us in 2015. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's funny, dude, on Twitter in the first inning, after the first two homers, people were freaking out. They're like, what is this? Like, is he washed? Like, Oh my God, here we go again. And I was just like talking to some friends. I was like, have you guys never heard of the Max Scherzer first inning home run? Literally him. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I was a little upset that Cunha took him deep on literally the first pitch, but he ambushed him. And then, and then he had Freddie Freeman. And then his first three innings, his stuff was not breaking. It was not curving. It was not sliding. It wasn't doing anything. It was just hanging. And they punished him. He gave up four homers in the first three innings, two in the first inning, one in the second to Dansby. And then Cunha got him again in the third inning. And then, But unlike in the past, the offense gave him the run support, allowed him to settle down, kept him in the game. After he gave up that hit to Uzuna in the third inning, he retired the last 10 batters he faced and finished with nine strikeouts. So, yeah, the home run problem is going to be a thing. It's going to bother us and alarm us all season long. And if the offense that was weak and without notable starters was able to do this today, right? and once those guys get back, I won't be worried. And Scherzer – or yeah, Scherzer still struck out nine, and that was with his stuff not breaking and not sliding and just hanging. Like, what? This was him at, like, maybe 70%, 75%. And that's just scary to think about. Yeah, so my – I'm not a, of the exact same mind. What I would say is I think he has to mind his P's and Q's a bit more. And with that, I mean – so the pitch to Acuna, like, sure, that pitch works a lot of the time. But when you're facing guys like him, like, that, that's what he can do to you. He's just an elite talent. And for Scherzer, you're not you're not the guy you were two or three years ago, right? You might want to be a little more careful of again uh, a guy like that. And then Freddie Freeman, I think that's a pitch that normally he buries a bit deeper. He just left that one out too much plate, right? And we've seen Freddie the way he's able to extend and get the bat to the ball in a situation like that. I mean, that pitch was it was middle down, but still, but especially with guys who are left-handed. If you're going to throw that pitch like that in her half, 
to a guy who's left-handed who's that good. You know, that that's just a bad pitch. I actually so the, the back to the Acuna one, that's not a horrible pitch. The Freddie one's a worse pitch. The Danzy one, I forget. I'm blanking on which uh, kind Danzy of Danzy one just just sat there. Yeah, sat there. And so I think for him, it's about, you know, not spotting people those early runs. And I actually thought what's really funny is Max last year, his problem was later in the games. The yeah. the kind of that, you know, that that was his issue is um, you know, and Davey was leaving him in way too long. So for him now at this age, it's about being more refined. It's about the fact that you need to be on your game the entire time with location because your stuff in terms of power and break is not what it once was. So I'm looking it up right now against Swanson. He had two strikes on him and he got beat for that homer. The And then the second Acuna one, I think he also – yeah, then he had two strikes against Acuna in the second one. So that was twice he had had him down the two strikes and just couldn't finish him. And I think the only one that the ball didn't hang was the first at bat against Acuna. In the second one, he definitely left it over middle plate. We talked about Freddie. We talked about Swanson. And, yeah, he did this last year with, as you said, with the, he was hurt last year. So it was, right. he was annoying yeah. that Davey is leaving him in long – he's leaving him like he was 100%. And he wasn't. He was ignoring the fact that he was battling a hamstring, and that's why he kept getting beat. He's battled that little uh, lingering issue in spring training this year, and he's still ramping up. Everyone knows that. Most of the starters are. But a thing people need to know about today's start, Scherzer is one of the most amped-up pitchers there right. is. The right. fact that he didn't get the pitch on Thursday and then had to wait four to five days, that dude was – probably freaking out just wanting to throw something and he had to let it all out he like showed this during the world series and um he was always amped up like both starts he just was getting beat and stuff wasn't hanging no one knew why and that's because he was just so over emotional and so amped up and i assume the same thing happened today and it just sucks that he had to wait an extra four or five days and then after the third inning he was lights out retired the last 10 dudes struck out like four or five the six dudes to end it like but that's the problem. He needs, he's a creature of habit and he just wasn't on his habit. Right. It, it's, it's the back end and the front end. He needs to take, take care of. I mean, he's one of those guys, you know, it's kind of Strasburg, right? He is the train that once it gets on the tracks, starts going for Max last year, it was the train that needed to stay on the tracks late in games. And in this game it was the one that needed to get on the tracks. Cause once he got on, he was money in this game, but yeah, I think it's just one of those things that as you get older, you learn. And I think we'll see him learn as an old man, you know, old baseball man. You know, now he's not old in terms of athletic prime, but as an older guy, he'll learn as the season goes on how to use, you know, uh, what he's got and how to refine, you know, hey, if you're not coming out of the gate strong, how do you get there without giving up too much, right? And without giving up too many things. The next part of this game we have to go to, because this is how the Nats actually got it back into it. The back part of the lineup, which was highlighted by guys who were, you know, not supposed to be everyday guys because of the Nats COVID pause. Hernan Perez, Jonathan Lucroy. I know Andrew Stevenson was the fourth part of, of, you know, what was supposed to happen, right? You know, the fourth outfielder, but he's getting the start today. Those guys were tremendous. They were locked in, ready to go. And also, I want to mention Luis Garcia, too. 
Uh, he, he deserves to mention, but this is how you find your spot in a roster. I mean, this is how you find your spot, you know, moving forward. Jonathan Lucroy is the number one catcher all of a sudden. And today he gave them, I mean, he felt like he was a threat every time he was up to the plate. I know he's thrown a third there, but drives in two runs, gets the crowd fired up, makes the Nats feel like, hey, we're not, we're not just out of this because there's nobody, you know, the COVID pause, whatever. We're in this game. Jonathan Lucroy, who wasn't on the team a week ago, was on the team four or five days ago, was a gigantic part of the offense today. He went one for four, but that one was the biggest hit of the game. It got us on the board. We're down three nothing, and he has two on, two out. And he has an 0-2 count and just launches mm-hmm. it down the left field, uh, left field line, gets a lucky bounce off the wall. Bob Senley is in full effect, sends Stevenson, and then – he got thrown out, but it didn't matter. We were back in. The crowd was hyped up. And then well, I want to do a shout out. I want to give to is Carter Keebum. Mm-hmm. He yes. has one of the biggest at bats, in my opinion, of this game. That yes, he did. eight, nine pitch walk where he just laid off pitches that he had been swinging through all spring training and all in the past. And he, there was two or three that I thought he was going to bite. And he just like held strong, worked that walk. We didn't score that inning, but I was impressed by him. So that was really good. And it was good to see, as you pointed out earlier, Luis Garcia do his thing when he came on the punch run and then later had his at-bat. And then Steve-O, Ford Falfielder, starts in left field today. I still think he should have had three hits. I really hope they take that. The first at-bat, did you guys see his first at-bat? Yeah, yeah. So like, you saw how they called that an error? right. I'm hoping they change that because he crushed that. There was nothing Albies could do. He got handcuffed. He hit that thing like a rocket off the bat. And then he went two for four, scored a run, had an RBI. He was everywhere, man. And even the time he did get out, that line where he lined it straight at uh, straight at center field, just right hot off the bat. He was impressive. Victor Robles was impressive. So I agree with you that it was a – well, not count Robles because he's the top line, but the bottom lineup is – who would have thought that the first hit of the game was going to be Her- Hernan Perez and the dude that hit the first RBI was going to be Jonathan Lucroy, who was unsigned three days ago. It's so funny too, Max, because these guys always seem to come to the Nets and this is what happens. Like these guys, because it's winning culture. And look, I was pretty honest with the season. I thought it would be such an uphill climb to make the playoffs, but this is a culture that just breeds winning. It's, it's what it does. And these guys come here and there's something about putting on, I'm not saying when they, when they, you know, button up the uniform, it's what gives them confidence, but something about being in a winning culture that really helps. Like this, this today was a championship performance. The Braves have not won a world championship. The Nationals have. And today it kind of looked like a team that had won a championship, right? In, in, some, in some pretty significant ways, it looked like a championship team in adverse, I mean, adverse is a nice way of putting it in some awful circumstances, putting up one hell of an effort. And all these guys we've mentioned are huge, were big parts of it. Andrew Stevenson, somebody we have to highlight because right now there's no spot in the outfield for him, right? Mm-hmm. Soto, Soto. Robles is a guy they seem to want at the front of the lineup. I'm not a fan of that. You know, yeah, we talked, talked about this, that last Yeah, time. we talked about this before. Um, and then obviously Schwarber is a guy you give a lot of money to on a short-term contract taking a risk. Damn, does he look like a dude who's pushing for a spot though? And he said, Hey, if you haven't thought about a spot being open, I'm pushing for it. He was excellent today. I mean, 
and look, I, one game is not mean everything, but the fact that he had a sense of urgency during a time that was an opportunity for you, you know, for you, if you cross sports, that's, that's, it's rare. Two hits, a walk. And like you said, probably should have been three hits. I, I mean, how were you not over the moon happy with the guy put in an effort like that? Because you know, hit the light went off in his head and said, this is a chance. I have a chance to show something here to fight for more opportunities. I'm calling it next year. He's going to be the starting left fielder because I'm 99% mm-hmm. sure we're going to have a DH next year. <laughs> Let's go. I love it. I love that. So we have the DH next year. Say they bring back Schwarber. He's a DH, Steven Singer left fielder. But that's just how I see it. What do you think? I love it. I, I mean, I because like you feel the same way. You feel like he was pushing it. He saw the opportunity. He, he, he saw it and he took it. Every single time he's been called up from the minors and everyone always likes yeah. to point out the same thing. Oh, well, he's only had 20 at-bats. He only did it in 15 at-bats. I'm like, all right, he still hit the ball. That And then today he just comes up. He's like, oh, no one's hitting the ball. No one's getting on base. Cool. Hold my beer. Bam, bam, bam. I was like, all right, out of boy, dude. Now keep doing it. And he, he sees it. He's like, he smells it. He's like, an opportunity. And it just came through. Unafraid. Unafraid mm-hmm. is the way I would put it. He looked um, amazed. Uh, yeah, and, and it looked like he wanted to grab the opportunity. And you talked about Carter Keeboom, that huge walk. And, and look, I, I love the way Robles worked one after him as well, too. Mm-hmm. You know, late in that game, Robles worked two – I believe he had two walks today. Um, I think that's a, that's a key moving forward, too, is the situational hitting for this team is going to be super important because that's what elevates you on a team like the Braves, Right a team that hit those dingers early in the game, your ability to hit in specific situations, and especially that bottom of the lineup, which came out big today, that's what's going to allow the Nationals to be competitive against teams like – the Braves are down right now. This is the perfect opportunity. Make up your, your games against the Braves right now while you can because it's going to click at some point. It clicked today for them in the start of this game. Make up – the opportunities while you can. And I think that's one thing across the board that it's did today. You agree? Oh, I do. Um, I was just looking at the stats and uh, Robles went one for three with two walks. I think he struck out once, but he, before I go on to what you're saying, he's just impressed with the plate discipline. There was a few, uh, two of his walks. He just laid off pitches. I was like, all right, he's winning at that last year. Like I don't even know who this guy is anymore. And then, but yeah, I, I agree hundred percent with what you just said. And, they the Braves just got swept by the Phillies. It shocked everyone, shocked me. I still think the Phillies are frauds, but that's a different story. And then Nationals <laughs> limped into the series in Atlanta. I thought we were gonna lose, and Atlanta thought they were gonna win. And they just and we got punched, we got hit, we got knocked down, and surprisingly, we just jumped back up, ate it again, and then we were left standing. So these young guys are seeing opportunities. People like Hernan Perez, who didn't think he'd be up there, as you were saying earlier, and Garcia and Kibum are just like, all right, we got sent down, but not really. So here's our chance to prove to him that that was a sprint train didn't count, and this is what matters. And moving forward, we want to know. And the bullpen, too. Let's, let's, let's finish off with them because the bullpen, not even close to full strength. No. Not close right now. But Max goes six, Finnegan helps out and finish things mm-hmm. off. Suero, well, of Finnegan, course. I, I feel a little bad for Finnegan. Yeah, too. I mean, I mean, Finnegan. Yes, not not his best. Uh, but the bunt, it was just a little unfortunate at times. Like that bunt base hit kind of showed. 
kind of screwed him over. And then right. he definitely had strike three on Sandoval that they called a ball and then they called a strike literally the next at bat on uh, Luke Roy. So like the ump wasn't really consistent, but you can't blame that. He gave up a run, but then Kyle McGowan, he was lights out. Wander Suero, he was very good in his, well, he was wild. He, those three balls were right. reminding me of major league, just on <laughs> yeah. the outside. Like, but he settled down and got he comes him comes back. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I, I was so excited to see Tanner Rainey. I saw him warming up. I was like, let's go. Cause he's my favorite reliever on the team. Doesn't get in. So they put him a gallon. I was like, all right, let's see what this kid's got. And Huddy. And, and, and here's the thing. I guarantee you, Rainey will get his shot tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Rainey's going to get his shot tomorrow with those with that, that seven-game doubleheader coming up. Um, but, you know, Huddy comes in. And, look, Brad Hand's not available. Uh, obviously, Will Harris, you know, I don't think he is. Obviously, yeah, I'm, I'm, he's not COVID-related. Not available. Those two guys not there right now. And Rainey not, you know, uh, almost, you know, got up and not involved. The fact that those three guys who are known quantities elsewhere, right? And they were not there today for the Nats. The Nats still got it done. Like, like it was weird. It was weird watching, uh, you know, the Nats put more pressure on the Braves bullpen. I know it's not great. But the Nats put more pressure on the Braves bullpen than the Braves put on the Nats, in my Um, opinion. I agree because they had that one inning where they scored the one run, but we loaded the bases in the eighth, uh, finished the game in the ninth. Right. And Huddy gave up a homer, but not really. Did you get to see that? Were you? Were you... Yeah. So that that ball, you know, that was here's foul. the problem. I couldn't. Well, here's the problem. Is, I, so I was tell. watching. I couldn't tell because the angle they had on Masson was horrible. Yeah. So I couldn't all, see the ball. It's like was, disappeared. Right. All I could see was it land. I, I could see fan a fan. Who and to be clear here, well, so actually, from my from my point of view, and look, this is just I was watching the computer screen yeah. next to my work screen. I thought the fan was in fair territory. Now I don't know what angle they were using to make the call. I'm sure they had other angles than what I was seeing, and I was not fully locked in. Um, and I was trying to ask others, "Hey, what was the deal here?" Because I I was I missed the actual live live uh, the home run. I watched every replay angle they had, and I'm like, I can't tell what's happening. Somebody, please, God, show me a better angle. And they didn't have it. So I, I was, I, in my mind, I was saying, look, whatever the referee, you know, whatever the officials say, we have to go with here. There's no, def- you know, there's no angle where it's like horrible call, horrible call. But, um, yeah, I, you, you were okay. watching more intently than I were at so- that moment live. I missed it live. I'm, well, I saw it live, and I was like, all right, well, that's gone because I, I lost track of the ball. And then when I saw the replay, dude, once uh, it took me two, three replays to finally find the ball because it was just such terrible lighting. Right. Once I finally found it, it was a good five feet. And you see the pans, mm. fans pushing and stuff. Like, once I finally <laughs> found great. it, dude, that was clearly foul. So it just blew my mind right. how the ump that was the closest to it called a homer, and all other three umps who were the farthest way as possible all clearly saw it go foul. So I'm like, yo, like, do you need some glasses, dude? Like, I got you. But I'm right. glad that they were I, I did some, too. With those, those camera angles were not great. No. It was not good. And uh, But but look, if, you know, it's they, they tested fate there, right? They tempted fate, mm-hmm. but – they, I mean, they, you know, uh, no matter what the call is, they got the job done. You know, it's that's kind of the story here is Scherzer is bad. You know, the calls were weird. They're missing 10 guys. But you and I are talking right now. The Nationals are one of them. Mm-hmm. And, look, we're, there's a lot of these conversations that are take place over the years. But I think 
and, and you never want to re- overreact to one game. The championship medal of this franchise, it's not going anywhere. And once I still maintain this, I don't believe in nationals. It, it's, it's an uphill fight in my mind to make the playoffs. But shit, if they make it, nobody, nobody wants to deal with these guys. Who the hell wants to deal with this team when they make it come, come October? Nobody. And today, and today, on April 6th, they showed that, which is pretty cool, I think, in my opinion. I agree with you, man. It's just everything that they're facing right now, be it one game, because we are 100% overreacting. But I oh, let's, let's, let's do it, though. Why not, right? Yeah, we're 1-0. Let's do it, baby. Let's um, do it. But, yeah, I agree with you. The adversity they faced today, the fact that it took the bottom of the lineup to be like, hey, like, what the hell are y'all doing? We Like, all right, whatever. We'll do it ourselves. And then <laughs> right. the top of the line was like, all right, all right, we're awake now. We got you. I'm pretty sure every starter had a hit. I didn't fact check yet, but I'm like 95% sure every starter either had a hit or get on, or get on base. I can look at that. Um, yeah, no, uh, yeah, every 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 not, – not Max, Max Scherzer – Every starter, you, like you mentioned, not named Max Scherzer, had a hit today. Like what? That's that's crazy because they right. weren't allowed to start practicing till yesterday. Right. So it's stuff like that that just gives us makes us feel very happy. I was seeing on Twitter today, dude. Some of the Nats fans were making fun of the Braves fans. They were like, "You just lost to the uh, Richmond Nats or the Harrisburg Nats." I was like, "Stop." You know, tread tread lightly on that one. That's one. Here's the that's one team. I don't want to mess with because their track record is so good, which brings us to tomorrow, right? We got, you know, the Nationals have two against the Braves and and the Braves are a wounded animal right now because look, you know, I, I said this for the Nationals. There's no 19, you know, I talked about it. There is no starting 1931 here. And I think the Braves are now a wounded animal. So tomorrow is, is not, I mean, you know, tomorrow is not as big for the Nationals. So let's be frank, as it is for the Braves, right? They're oh and what four now? Four. They have two two chances tomorrow, so they have a possibility to end it tomorrow at two and four, which is, you know, if you said, "Hey, Braves fans, would you take two or three from the Nats?" They'd say yes, right? That's good after what we just went through. It's a huge chance for them. We've got Eric Fetty against Enoa tomorrow in the first game, and then Steven Strasburg in the second game against Max Fried. If I'm a Nats fan, I'm looking for a split tomorrow. That's a po- that's positive energy. That's two and one heading into a road trip to Los Angeles with you know against against a team that's won the division the last three years. Um, what are you looking at tomorrow? What are you thinking as we turn the clock back to 2020 and we have a two seven two seven inning games tomorrow, Max? I thought we were done with this, don't you? I thought we were done, but we're turning the clock backs cl- clocks back. <laughs> We're going to two seven-inning games tomorrow. I mean, I, we, we can complain all we want about the seventh-inning <laughs> doubleheader, but there's nothing we can do about it. Right, right. Eric Fetty's going to have to stay. He's another one of those – he's another one. You give him an opportunity again, even though you aren't going to be starter this year, you're a starter now. Make a count. You're going against one of the lesser starters. This is your chance. I'm – I'm – also worry about the night game because I don't know if Strasburg's fully stretched out and the Braves bats heated up today. So we'll see. And Freed is an animal. That dude is so filthy. If Strasburg starts on, like 
we'll be in good position, especially with the bullpen rested as of now. Who knows what happens in the first game? But Strasburg is the real question mark for that game. Is he fully – is he ready to go? Is he fully stretched out? He had that leg injury that freaked everyone out. And he said, no, nah, you're reacting. It's not as bad as it sounds. I'm like, mm, sounds pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. This is his first – I think he made one minor – one or two uh, spring training starts had a one or two simulated games. Now I, again, I don't know if he's stretched out. So here goes nothing. Yeah. We'll see tomorrow. Max. Uh, I will say this though. We'll say this after a few days without games, nothing's better than one game. And then we turn around tomorrow and we get two more. So there, you know, seven innings or nine innings. Mm-hmm. I guess we're glad to have them. Uh, where can people find you and your work? As always follow us on district on deck. The just, as we live tweet the game, talk about the Nats, talk about what's going on, read some articles. Follow me on Twitter at MaxRandom1. Once again, thanks for having me, dude. Always, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.